Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Yeah, hi, Lynn Cullen, who's <coughs> wheezing and hacking today. Uh, it's spring. It's spring. It's Tuesday, too. That means my sister Susan is uh, joining us. Hi, Suze. Good morning. That sounded almost soprano-like. Really? Well, I don't know. My uh, <laughs> let's get it back in the register it usually belongs in. But no, I'm <coughs> almost every inhalation I start coughing. I'm just yeah. That the I don't want to know what the pollen count is today, but it's uh, anyway. Um, okay. So did you have a synagogue there that got? Molotov cocktailed? I think there was something happening there, and I wasn't here. Um, that was just the other there, day. I, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it, I mean, they lucked out in that it didn't, uh, it didn't catch fire. But, uh, yeah, I was just wondering, because I did see something about it, um, and... Uh, and I th- and I heard something about it on the news, but I came in at the end of it, and I didn't quite hear what it was. And I think I just assumed that it was something about old events, not new events. No, it's but I think because because nothing terrible happened, it just sort of flamed up and went away, both in the news and in reality. Well, this is from uh, today's Washington Post, and it said. Uh, that it happened on Sunday. Uh, three Molotov cocktails in the Lakeview East neighborhood, just north of downtown Chicago. Um, okay, so I live in Lake. I live in Lakeview West. Right. I thought you lived in Lakeview, and then I thought. But yeah, I, I live in Lakeview. Yes, I live in Lakeview. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm just saying. Uh, so that's the part of Lakeview that's down near the lake. <laughs> As opposed to your Lakeview, which, well... Which is a mile from the lake. Yeah, yeah and yeah. it's sort of hard to see uh, the lake unless you get way, way up somebody's 20-story uh, house or something, I guess. Okay, I I, I just wondered, because I saw Lakeview and wondered if it was uh, near you. Um, they got the guy on... Well, September. near-ish, you know, near-ish, well, because... You know, it, it always surprises me, but nothing's all that far away from anything in Chicago. It just takes you a long time to get there, but it's it's all pretty close. No, this <laughs> so, is what yeah, you just said that applies to a, Pittsburgh, that's but within not a mile of me somewhere around here. Yeah, you know, but, that it's a, a mile spoke of me somewhere. Yeah, but anyway, in a very um, narrow range towards the lake. Yeah. But apparently this comes also as the police in Chicago have been finding a lot of uh, broken car windows parked outside other synagogues in the city. And there's been a lot of bad graffiti. There's been a lot of stuff going on. I mean, that's what I was hearing in the in the report that well, from, from the right. locals. And so the cops put out this, that the, they have ordered special attention at all uh, Jewish schools, synagogues, and businesses following vandalism and attempted arsons. Um, they have good video evidence, so it would seem they're going to get the guy who tried to do the... Um, 
who tried the, Mala, to, the bombing the Molotov cocktail. <coughs> so, anyway, just saying, and so it goes. And so um, it goes. No, the, yeah, and um, and we had our we had our um, our rally with the women. I you know I I don't I. I understand the reference, but I'm getting tired of women standing around in red capes with white hats on. Um, well, I do think, though, that that is a picture of where It is we're the heading. reference. It's absolutely the reference. I mean, I never watched um, The Handmaid's Tale. I read the book a long time ago. Um, but um, I... No, I get the reference. I understand the reference, but I don't... There's just something about it that I'm just... I, you know, maybe I'm so outraged that I that I don't want to see anything that's that that in any way, um, uh, you know, g- gives someone a way to dismiss it. Um, well, I don't think I I, I I don't I don't have the same. Yeah, yeah, to I that. know. I'm probably being grumpy. Don't yes. worry about it. Okay. Well, I'm here from a Michelle Goldberg uh, opinion piece uh, in the Times. Uh, the fact is we are now um, at a point where we know there is an anti-abortion majority on the Supreme Court, and it is quite likely that women's constitutionally constitutional protection against being forced to carry a pregnancy and give birth against their will is going away. That's right, and which is why I'm outraged, and which is why I have stopped talking to you know characterizing anyone who is anti my right to have autonomy over my body as a forced birth terrorist. Well, stop and think uh, about know, it. it. Uh, being forced to this is what this this is where we will be. Their, these are forced birthers. They aren't. This isn't pro. If this were pro life, we would have gun control. If 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 heartbeats mattered, <laughs> then dead kids in school would matter, and you would be standing on the same side as us with that. But you're not. No. You're on the other side on no. that. So this isn't about heartbeats. And by the way. And in, in, at six weeks, that isn't exactly a heart, and there's not any real circulatory system. It's called the fetal stick or something like that. It's, it's you know, it's... This is, as usual, this is crazy. ridiculous. It's scientifically it's a uh, woman, ludicrous. Ask these people, where are my rights? Why do my rights cease the second that I am impregnated? Where is it written in the Constitution that a woman's right to exist, the way she chooses to exist, cease the minute she is impregnated? I've had it. This is overreach. This is so bad. I've, you know how I feel about this. I've told you. I really feel we need to plan a general strike. Women need to withhold their labor. Women need to withhold their money. The men that love us need to walk out with us, and we need to walk out and stay out and let this country understand the power that we hold and that we will no longer be denied. I've had it. I can tell. That's good, Sue. I think you should run for office. I'm too old. 
No, you're not. But I'll rabble-rouse, and I'll get someone else to do it, and I'll push them up there, and I'll incite people to riot. You bet I will, because people are coming up to me and telling me that I am less of a person than a couple of cells within my body, and I'm not having it. I hear you. I just don't think people think of it the way we have just characterized it. Um, that what these bills do is have the state take over a woman's body and force her to carry... Deny her her personhood in favor of potential life, no matter what it is. Her life doesn't matter. Those cells matter more. And that's why no. the, that's why the, the red-dressed women... I mean, why that is sort of a perfect metaphor, because that is what happened in that story, that women became right. simply, that is the only value Forced they birthed. had. Yeah, right. This is all about controlling women. This is all about um, religion, specific religious beliefs infecting the, um, our so-called secular government. Which is um, also nonsense. The Judeo-Christian God is not pro-life. <laughs> and I'll point, I'll point you to man. Passover to prove it. I mean, the he killed a lot. The death of the firstborn. Yeah, he killed, man, that God. He, then he wipes out all of the alreadies. He takes them out in the Red Sea. He didn't care about fetuses. Where did God, this is man's word. It's man's This word. is man's word seeking to control women. It is not God, because God. even the books that the men wrote didn't think that God gave a shit about this shit. About life. Excuse me. No, God, um, yeah. God genocided um, the world in uh, the whole world, with, with, uh, except the for flood. Noah and the flood in the, in the ark. <laughs> and then he, like, wiped out, like, uh, well, for you Game of Thrones places, it, it's like, you know, wiping out, uh, if you had a dragon, just destroying entire towns and cities. I give you Sodom, I give you Gomorrah. Yeah, um, yeah, that's really yeah. a pro-life kind of a god. Um, and, we all, and, and then we got, and we got all these people walking around and nodding. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And it's just, it's, it's crap that's based on crap, that's based on bad science crap, that's based on nothing, all in the service of controlling women. They've gone too far. And they must be put we back. We should not in their allow place. this, ladies. Yeah. And, you know, Susan and I are beyond childbearing years. Um, and I wonder how, uh, how much the young women are aware of where this is heading. Because they've never known it. They can't even imagine it. And what... Well, they uh, have the right to control their bodies to delay birth as long as they want. So they probably can't even imagine not wanting to have a baby once they manage to conceive because they've waited 15 years too long. But, you know, that's the way our life is going these days. I mean... Well, they're choosing... Uh, a lot of them are simply choosing not to uh, procreate. Or but they, they are choosing to use contraceptives, and if you don't think that's next, think again, ladies. Exactly right. 
Um, yeah. You, th- you thought you weren't going to lose this right, so don't go, oh, that wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yes, that will happen. And then the next thing that will happen is maybe we aren't smart enough to vote if we have periods. Yeah, that could happen, too. Um, Michelle Goldberg points out something that I've noted a lot of people have pointed out, that the women who are standing, you know, who are enraged right now, saying we will not go back to a uh, pre-Roe America, uh, need to understand that we aren't probably looking at a pre-Roe America. We're looking at something worse. Because if you look at pre-Roe America, they were not. Pre-Roe America was not engaging in the kind of language that uh, is now just a given in, uh, in this battle. Uh, the fact is the abortion bans that are going into, uh, you know, that are being voted on in legislatures all over the country are far, far harsher than anything that existed before Roe. I mean, you can go back to the 1800s. There were no such laws. It's unbelievable. No, someone actually... In Texas, somebody puts up this thing. I mean, it is spawning a lot of humor, you know, saying, I'd like to point out that if you're already jailing me for aborting my baby, that I'm going to come after the son of a bitch that, that, that impregnated me and kill his ass because there's nothing a woman likes better than a BOGO. Buy one, get one. Uh, I mean, if you're going to lock us up anyway, we'll blow the guy that impregnated us away. I mean, right, this is Susan. just ridiculous. Susan, here's a... Here's a what? Here, I thought that was funny. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Here is a tweet. You know, you think Bogo is funny? I did. No, here's a tweet that says it all. Okay? You'll like this one. Okay. Okay. If a woman has sex with 100 random men in a year, she can still only produce one full-term pregnancy. Correct? Correct. Okay. However, if a a guy has sex with 100, Susan, if a guy has sex with 100 (laughs) random women in a year, a man could produce 100 full-term pregnancies. So why is it exactly why we are only talking about regulating women? It's the men who are impregnating women who need to be stopped, okay? Why is that never part of the conversation? Well, I know what it is part of the conversation, and and the phone (laughs) should be ringing any minute um, because this has been a conversation by one of your listeners but absolutely, no pregnancy occurs without a man. A woman cannot get pregnant by herself. And yes, the ones that are spilling their seed are all men. And perhaps, you know, if, if miscarriages under some of these laws, you know, can be investigated. That's right, well, they can. Why is not a man's masturbatory spilling of his seed not some withholding That's... of a future life such that we should cut off his dick? 
Yeah, every man who masturbates could should be able to. Yeah, r- look at that. Look what they're doing. They're depriving the potential. Oh my wife. God! That I swear, I hear, I hear half a heartbeat. Um, he, listen to this. In states today, also men are the only ones that can determine the sex. So obviously, a woman by herself can't do diddly squat. Um. States that have decided that fetuses are people, that is something that was not true uh, before Roe v. Wade. That concept would have been laughed out of a court prior to uh, Roe v. Wade, and I imagine after for a long time. Um, the fact is is that in those states, women have been arrested uh, on suspicion of harming or endangering their fetuses, including by uh, using drugs, attempting suicide, or in the case in Utah, a woman wanted to delay her C-section and she was arrested. There's no reason to believe that in states where abortion is considered homicide, which is what these things are saying, that prosecutors will be less punitive. So there's a Texas legislators held a hearing on a bill uh, just last month that would allow women who have abortions to be charged with uh, homicide and potentially subject to the uh, death penalty. Uh, Well, that 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 was resulting in the tweet saying, "Well, the woman will just you know, there's nothing a woman likes more than a buy one get one free sale. She'll just blow the man away too." But here's here's the thing there are also that's not quite true uh, I, I mean i'm sure there are prosecutors that will go you know full bore on this there's also a large group of state prosecutors that are showing up and saying hey we decide every day what to t- what to charge and what not to charge and um these cases are unprovable to a large extent and we're simply not going to prosecute them so you legislate away we ain't prosecuting I also think, you know, when a woman gets pregnant now in our this crazy culture of ours, she almost becomes public property immediately. So if a woman, a visibly pregnant woman is at a restaurant, and if she were to order a glass of wine, I mean, I can see people reporting that. That's where we are right now, as if one glass of wine would harm uh, that fetus. I'm I'm serious. I just think this over. Oh no! Did you see? She didn't do this. She did that. I mean, women and women are doing it to other women in that regard. I mean, Susan and I were carried uh, by um, a mother who didn't change a damn thing she did while she was pregnant. Oh uh, no! I'm sure she was drinking a scotch every night yeah. before. Are you sure? And and if she'd been a smoker, she would have been smoking. And she, if she took... Well, her mother was certainly smoking around her. Yeah, whatever. I mean, you know, and yeah, look how damaged we are. I'm so sick of it all. I can't see straight. Um, Granting uh, personhood to fetuses has already enabled states to hold women uh, to new types of, of control. Uh, in 2014, this was reported by ProPublica, Publica, or however you pronounce it, 
a woman was arrested under Alabama's chemical endangerment of, ch- of a child statute for taking half a Valium while she was pregnant. She was arrested. Good Lord. No, the, the anti-abortion crowd has gone right off the, I mean, they, they're, they're like. Well, they're drunk with power. Well, that they are. Um, Lynn says, I agree we women must do something disruptive. I like your sister's idea. Or a million women lying down on Pennsylvania Avenue and refusing to move. Yeah. Need right. to do something. Something not pretty. Something, and, something that shows our power and shows that we're serious and we ain't going away. Margaret Atwood. They can't tell us what to do. Ugh. Yeah. Margaret Atwood, who wrote uh, The Handmaid's Tale, said this Men often ask me. Why are your female characters so paranoid? It's not paranoia, she replied. It's recognition of their situation as women in a patriarchy. No. I don't know. It's... Everybody who really does know about the history of this in this country says where we are potentially heading is uh, truly dystopian, and we've never been there before. God. All right. What else we got? Um... Hey, did you? I'm see? all yelled out. I know it's okay. <laughs> did 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 you see where um, I'm? Trump. I don't know which thing he's appealing. Is it the ruling that his? Uh, oh yeah, he has to that he they that his financial documents have to have to be, be turned over. Well, that's what that's what yeah. the federal judge says. But now, of course, they'll appeal, and I guess they appeal to, to the D.C. Circuit. Um, the D.C. Circuit Court is um, headed by a judge whose name might ring a bell, Merrick Garland. (laughs) (laughs) Karma. Karma's a bitch. Karma comes again. Uh, but then, you know, what's the court after the karma court? Well, the court after the karma court uh, would be after the D.C. Circuit. Wouldn't it that then be the Supreme Court? Or there's not uh-huh. another level. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the Supreme Court. So yeah, great. So this is where, you know, yeah. this, and, and then, the, you know, we'll see what happens. And if the Supreme Court doesn't follow the Constitution, but rather the political winds from the right, um, the constitutional crisis we are already in will deepen in an alarming, alarming way. Well, you know, I mean, at that point, 
if if uh, you know I, I'm sitting here with my 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 uh, television on, you know, mute, watching the what they're now calling the empty chair hearing because McGann hasn't shown up. Yeah, and you know, and 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 uh, you know, if if we try to have follow process and we're not allowed to have process, well then. You simply have to impeach. That's it. You simply have to impeach him. Yeah, and and that that he's leaving them no he's leaving them no, no choice. choice. And that that's realization what a lot of people is, are telling yeah, Pelosi now. Right. The realization is growing that if they to uphold they don't have a choice to uphold the power of uh, that the founders put in the legislative branch, they're going to have to impeach this guy. And not worry about the Senate not convicting. They're going to have to impeach. That's right. They can't worry. You can't say, I'm not going to do my duty because the next guy isn't going to do his duty, so I won't do my duty first. No, you do your duty. Yeah. Let the Senate do whatever the Senate's going to do. You don't know. There might be a few. There maybe. Let the Senate do whatever they do, and they'll live or die by what they do. But they should do, our representatives should do, should represent us. Uh, there's been this, this one uh, Republican congressman uh, from Michigan who has said that Trump should be impeached, uh, which is the first break. Now, he's an outlier in general. But still, uh, we finally have one Republican saying you can't read the Mueller report and not see that it is, it is essentially saying this guy should be <laughs> impeached. Uh, he's the first uh, congressional Republican to call for that impeachment. Uh, given the findings of uh, the Mueller report, and um, that's brave of him. He's a he's a weirdo. He he was a Tea Partier. That's that's how he uh, got to uh, Congress. He was a Tea Party guy, and then he was a founder of the House Freedom Caucus, which is that real right wing Tea Party caucus in um, in in the House. And what's fascinating is that it they actually sho- had values. Yes, he actually believed <laughs> what the Tea Party was saying it believed in. And he says honest smaller government. Yeah. Right. And he says this about that. So this is a guy of principle, whether you agree with his politics or not, he says this. It turns out a lot of them, and he's talking about all the other Tea Partiers. It turns out a lot of them were not in favor, really, of limiting the size of government. They were just opposed to the president at the time. Uh And then he went on to say the Tea Party is largely gone. It was replaced with nationalism and protectionism. And the general philosophy of the party is now Donald Trump's. So, there you go. Um, But... He, uh, you know, if he starts speaking out, he just might flush out or embarrass out one or two more. I don't know. I don't know. Jeez.
Melanie uh, writes, people definitely take ownership of pregnant women. I and almost everyone I know who's been pregnant have stories. Here are a few. A woman at work who jokingly chided me for drinking a Pepsi. It's not good for the baby, she said. Walking into a liquor store to buy wine for a dinner party and getting weird looks from people. Yeah, disapproving looks from people. Then, of course, all the comments about how big or not big you are, how high or low you're carrying, and on and on. Eventually, someone will even ask if you're dilated yet. Oh, and total strangers touching you. Yeah. Total strangers right. walking up and putting their hands on your you know, upper and lower abdomen, sometimes two hands. Well, Melanie says, I can't remember anyone actually touching my stomach, but I know it's happened to friends. And she says, I know a lot of this is just well-meaning small talk, but God, does it get old. Um, People should shut the F up. No, all issues around fertility seem to be up for everybody's information. So if someone's infertile, people seem to have yeah. think they have the right to say, is it, is it your fault or is it your husband's? Yeah, right. You know, you know, I mean, you know, the same thing like when you get cancer, did you smoke, you know, or whatever would the behavior inappropriate would be. If you had a heart attack, were you a smoker? You know, that sort of stuff. It's it's to you know to ward off whatever it's it's to ward off any bad vibes coming your way. But people seem to think they have a right, right. to intimate intimate information. Uh, uh, and you know, procreation is a pretty intimate subject, <laughs> uh, we have which is another reason why other people you know saying anything about it is amazing. Go ahead. We have a caller. That's all I wanted to say. Hello, caller. Hi there. Hi. Hi. Um, you ever notice these anti-abortion people? They don't want to. After the baby's born, they don't give a shit about it at all. They vote against chip, food stamps, any things would help to raise the child. They don't want nothing to do with it. Right. And those twenty-four uh, Kongs men, men, they had to help raise the kid if they want that kind of board. Let take it out of their pay every month. I mean, that's the kind of bullshit these idiots come up with, and I just can't believe their shit. Time to get them all out. Time to get them out. I'm with you. We agree. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Uh, Little Tony has emailed and said that I I need to remind folks that this is election day here in Pittsburgh. And it's one of those elections that we forget about because it's not national. Just things that don't matter like school boards and judges oh please that's that's where the district things attorneys that influence you happen go vote this is the most important yeah most important thing geez i was watching jeopardy last night and and a candidate for school board knocked on my door and i was really annoyed <laughs> because <laughs> you don't have a pause function no, well, I suppose I do, but I don't know. So, and then she was so delightful that I ended up, I think, keeping her longer than. Um, she wanted to be well. Good, she got a vote. That's well. Good. We I have don't a forget um, to vote. Well, in this particular uh, election, my district has uh, two ex- 
really impressive women running against each other, you know, and you think, damn, there's bozos in another district, you know, or somebody not even with, with nobody running against them. And then in our district, there's two really Well, you know, don't women. you have a school board election every year? Um, people should just know that uh, if you really want to do it, you, you, you be prepared to run more than once, and, and you'll get in, um, it, especially if you're good. And if the person that got ahead, in ahead of you uh, knows how good you are, it would behoove them to work for you and get another no, vote that they like on no, the No, 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 but the board. way we work is by district. So <laughs> these people would be, once you're in, you've got the seat. And Oh, and no one else gets it's not the at seat. Large. I get it. It's not at large. So I it's it. a it's a shame that, uh, you know, you can't have both, but... I'm voting for the one who interrupted Jeopardy last night. Um, <laughs> so it paid off. Well, she's more of an insurgent, you know, the whatever. Yeah, right, it, paid, right. it paid off for her. Yeah, whatever. But there's a lot going on with these judicial elections, the district attorney primary. If you want to let uh, the DA here, who's been the DA forever, um know that you're not particularly happy with uh, the over uh, prosecution and incarceration of young black men in this town um, and other decisions that have been made by the DA in regard to excessive uh, police uh, uh, behavior. Um, the odds are he's, you know, he's a shoe-in, but I would like to see him um, get see, a little scared. Get scared. I would like to see. He doesn't have the. I don't think well, a very strong. That's opponent. a terribly important election. Terribly this isn't important. just a little school board election. This is a, you know. And the other thing about school board elections is that that's that's where some of your best politicians start. Um, and that's where they get their feet wet. That's where they get their political base and supporters and name known among the people that you know, go before them. And so those positions are are really important. I was watching a um, documentary last night on Netflix, and it, it was following a lot of the young women, and some, I guess, not so young, come to think of it, that that because of Trump and just the way things are, thought, you know what, I got to run. And so they primaried, uh, these are women who primaried uh, Democratic men, uh, generally, um, who, you know, were deemed untouchable. And somebody had the idea of following their campaigns. And one of the women um, is uh, Alexandria. Uh, why, why am I blanking all the time on her name? Cortez. Yeah, but it's O, the O one, the O. Octavia Cortez or No, something. it's not Octavia, but whatever. Let me tell you. So she is in this thing. From the point at which she decides to run, mm-hmm. and where she's still working as a bartender, so you mm-hmm. see her, you see that. her yeah. doing all the, the work she had to do. You see her out on the street. You see the condescension uh, that the congressman she's trying to unseat uh, 
subjects her to. Um, you see him getting nervous as as the campaign goes on, and um, she took down one of the most powerful Democrats in Congress. That's who this guy was. His name was Crowley, and he was like number f- three or four in uh, Democratic. I mean, she took down a, a kingmaker, somebody who was supposedly untouchable. And uh, throughout, she is so extraordinarily articulate and real and just brilliant. I mean, I, I have to admit. Right, and willing, and, and Ocasio, willing to learn. Ocasio-Cortez. You know, Ocasio, 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 right. Ocasio. I mean, she is, she is willing to learn. You know, when she makes a misstep, she, she you know, apologizes first, thinks second, mm-hmm. and then really apologizes. You yeah. know, I mean, she... She's working at getting this right. I don't think she wants to blow it. No, no, no. She's one impressive, really impressive. Really impressive. Really Brilliant. impressive. Um, Beth writes. And she's surrounded by a bunch of very <laughs> impressive people. You know, mm-hmm. that's where I mean, that's where she's really done her homework. She's got people doing theirs that keep her smart and looking good and if you don't have that there's no way she can be as smart as she is about all of this without having people doing all of the hard work for her and feeding it to her in a very good way and they're doing a great her staff is doing a great great job well she's simply i mean and she's passionate uh, and, smart. and she's passionate i mean she starts out with believing it but they're giving her all of the wherewithal to accomplish right. it and I, and I'm just saying that because I I know how that went just to being on a school board you know I could I can be passionate and direct people and lead a board I'm very good at that but I had this brilliant woman sitting next to me sliding me facts and figures as I would be ranting that would support everything I was saying mm-hmm. in question and that's what you need <laughs> you, know? you need you need people to give substance to your natural passion Beth writes, it has always driven me nuts when you hear the stories of some single mother who has left children at home alone while she is either at work or the grocery store or a bar. She, of course, is arrested, but you never hear of any DA looking to arrest the father who also was not there, who abandoned Oh, no, they left children. a long time ago. Yeah, and she also it ain't paying child support either. <laughs> yeah, she also adds, uh, Susan, I liked your bogo joke. Just saying. <laughs> Thank you. And I, I'm sorry, I wasn't delivering it properly, but it, well, I thought it was funny too. <laughs> um, whatever. Um, somebody summed up everything I think about. You know, you try to even comprehend how people could look up to Donald Trump. And this guy succinctly, I think, put it together. This is, I don't know how many words, but it ain't many. Trump is a weak man's idea of a strong man. He -hmm. is a stupid man's idea of a smart man. He is a poor man's idea of a rich man and a moron's idea of a businessman. And, it, you know, all of that is true. People who simply don't really understand 
what a businessman, what a smart man, what a rich man, what a strong man is and how they comport themselves and what their stories are that he is like some cartoon image that appeals to people who don't have a clue about business or wealth or strength, real masculine strength. I, and the fact right. that there's so many people like that, that just, oh God, just worries you. Okay. Well, that we, I mean, but you, you know, they they are banding together and making clubs. You know, like those boys that can't get laid, and like the people that are running around putting graffiti on synagogues. I mean, you know, there's a lot of them. You know, there's another story um, that we haven't talked about, and that hasn't, I don't think, gotten a lot of press around here. You know, it, with you know who just sort of taking up all the oxygen all the time. Um, there is this repulsive Republican congressman from Ohio named Jim Jordan. Uh, we have been treated to him at some of these hearings, uh, and, uh, and, and he is just loathsome. This is the guy who I guess never wears a jacket. He's always in a white shirt and a, and he, if you can't remember him, uh, believe me, you would, if you saw him, you would know immediately. He was an assistant wrestling coach at Ohio, um, at the Ohio State, and uh, then became this right-wing congressman. And for those of you who forgot, there was a huge sex abuse um, case at Ohio State involving mostly the wrestling team right and, and that this guy say, there's no way he didn't know was yeah. the assistant coach of right through oh, for much of the time it involved the again team doctor who now according to who was assaulting all the guys and this guy turned his head the other way right and that's yeah he abused the the finding show this doctor who committed suicide um, abused at least 177 athletes and men. Most who complained? Of them, everyone complained. Everyone complained. Yeah, I'm not asking who complained. I mean, they complained. Yeah. The accounts were so numerous that investigators stopped even including an accounting of each one. But they involve things yeah, like a writing ditto instead. Right, a wrestler going to this doctor because he had an ear problem, and the doctor fondling his genitals as part of his examination. To ejaculation. What? Do you know that, There's or did you just throw that? Yes, in? that was in the reports that I read. Yes. Well. Obviously, these people freaked out. A lot of these kids absolutely freaked out. He was also known, get this, the doctor, everybody was talking about him because he sort of hung out in the uh, wrestling locker room and he was constantly taking showers with the students 
sometimes several showers a day. I mean, the behavior so odd that you know everybody was talking about it, and yet this Jim Jordan, the Republican congressman, has consistently denied knowing there was any abuse or hearing anybody talk about it. And that is obviously a lie. Um, right. Well, he hears no evil, he sees no evil, but he speaks plenty. Well, let me just share some of this. It's just beyond belief. Um, he has even said that those who are uh, accusing him of knowing are politically motivated, so they're just a bunch of Democrats who shouldn't be listened to. Um, but 22 other coaches, except the yeah, duh, Jim Jordan, 22 other coaches at Ohio State confirmed that they were aware of rumors and complaints about the doctor. And um, here's one wrestler who was there when Jordan was there. From my experience, it was so publicly acknowledged within that community that I felt like it was open, public, acceptable, apparently, behavior. Um, there are eyewitnesses to some uh, guy who had just transferred from Purdue come storming out of his uh, physical exam with this doctor, running straight into Jim Jordan, his assistant wrestling coach, and saying, I don't know what you guys do at Ohio State, but if this is the way you do physicals here, I'm transferring out. I'm out of here. Jim Jordan says he was unaware there are eyewitnesses to these encounters with him. And he just, he has said he's fully exonerated by the report that was put out. <laughs> Who does that sound like? You just, a report comes out, this all happened on your watch, you didn't do a thing, and yet you were clearly aware of it, according to a lot of eyewitnesses, and you can actually sit there and say that you're exonerated. Jesus. And they also tell another, <coughs> says here, a number of other wrestlers were standing in the locker room at the time, and Mr. Jordan was standing in the doorway, and that episode was first corroborated by NBC News, then the New York Times that, in fact, a third wrestler who was in the locker room during a, a, one episode confirmed that Jordan simply dismissed the guy who was squawking and screaming about the coach. Blew him off. Incredible. You know, it's just classic. If you're a guy um, who wants to fondle men's genitals and uh, see naked, beautifully naked young athletes, I guess being a team doctor would be the, 
the thing. Well, and the coaches too. I mean, the two things are the coaches and the doctors, which, you know, begs the question, I guess. Well, but it's also why people who want to molest children that you go to places where the the people you want to have access to are. So, right, you know, and where it makes sense for you to be there. Right. Or if you're really lucky, you're just a family member, you know, uncle so-and-so or the nice neighbor next door who your parents really like. I know. But to get back to the way we open the show, uh, we are all assured that the cases of rape and incest among those seeking abortions are such a small percentage that it really doesn't matter. You know, you really shouldn't consider that or use them as a group to explain why this is evil. Yeah. Oh. Oh, and also, uh, and they will go further and say that because incest is is a subcategory of rape, they might they may be counting those twice, and it might be even smaller. Huh. Huh. Oh God. Um, Milton, who lives in Columbus, says uh, the Jim Jordan story is much bigger here as well. It should be in Columbus. And since the report about uh, Dr. Strauss was released last week, I think uh, that Jordan will come under greater scrutiny. Many, many of the men who were assaulted claimed they complained to Jordan. So we'll see what happens in the near future, but Jordan has, has not heard the last of this. But he has the gall to, to call the people I mean, there's a huge number now of wrestlers who say they told Jim Jordan or they saw somebody confront Jordan. I mean, all of them are lying, what, Democrats? (laughs) And Jim Jordan is telling the truth? How does that guy retain his seat? People People aren't paying attention. Maybe they will now. You know, it's like how did it took it? I mean, it it took the Walker in Wisconsin practically begging to lose the election to, you know, he he had to give away the the whole state treasury for the next 50 years for people to get disgruntled enough to kick him out. Eventually, (coughs) they do something that, that, you know, that gets people's attention. I think in Jordan's case, the attention has been gotten. Yeah. May some nice woman run against him and be a Democrat. Well, so he could be. He's obviously up for re-election. Yeah. 2020. So in the Wall Street Journal today, in the um, there's a picture of two adorable old ladies. Here, I'll just hold it up a little bit. Can you see them? They're sisters. And um, they live in Pittsburgh, and they live in a personal care residence, Marion Hall. Not sure where that is. And these two have, (laughs) they married brothers. They survived, you know, their husbands. And they have sort of been together forever, even though there's a 16-year difference in their ages. So one is a lot more of a younger sister. But saying that, I will now give you their ages. The older sister, Anna Marie, is 108. 
And the young sister is, well, whatever 16 is from 108. 90, what? 90 something. And they are... Uh, 108, 92, 16, right. 92. 92, right. And um, the older one, Anna Marie, got her first iPad when she was 100, and she is now on her third upgrade. She even FaceTimes and stuff with her uh, great-great-grandchildren. And um, Susan, you gave me my first iPad, and I've never upgraded it. I've had it for like 10 years. Well, it does whatever you want it to do. Right. I, I upgrade mine regularly, but the, the, I, I does, no longer use my computer. Mm-hmm. I, I do everything on my iPad. On your iPad. But anyway, this is a whole And sto- I have to say, it, along with a, just a little commercial, along with an iPencil, you can, I mean, you can sign documents, you can, you know, send, do your taxes remotely and, you know, sign things with your very own signature instead of a remote signature, and it's just... You know, it's better than a computer. Okay. But I'm just saying they were part of a article about how yeah. more and more people are living to 100 and beyond in good health. Well, mother, our 96-year-old mother and I had lunch with a 103-year-old woman last week. Mm-hmm. And she was in good shape? You know, out. And she was in good shape. I mean, you know. Uh, she she couldn't hear worth a damn, but other than that, everything was working. Yeah. Everything was working just fine, and she was out to lunch in the most positive of senses with us. You know, so yeah, um, I and I said, Mom, hang on, you know, you, you got you got a way to go. So she's looking at Mom and seeing some a young thing. Um, yeah, and by the way, our mother also has an iPad and an iPhone, and she FaceTimes with her great-grandchildren, too. That's right. These two ladies, though, they get up every day, they put on makeup, they wear outfits with earrings to match, they're very careful, uh, they attend Mass, they eat breakfast together, they exercise four times a, a week. And um, they are increasingly not unusual. In 1995, there was one centenarian for every 10,000 people, one in 10,000. You know what it is now? And this is just since 95. Now there's one in 5,000. So it has doubled, the prevalence has doubled in just a few years. Yeah. So it brings up this issue of do is a you want to live uh to be that old. And you know, I think most people would say, yeah, if I'm in good shape. <laughs> but you don't well, want and the fact of the can I just say that I think most of the people that live to be that long are in that good shape? Yeah. I mean, the things that the things that make you uh, you know, a severe dementia, Alzheimer's, they have physical consequences as well and you die from them. So you, you, you might be wheelchair-bound, you might not have everything, yeah. but generally the people that are living long have retained a lot of what makes them them. That's what keeps them going. And you know what else keeps I mean, them going? Because they, they're very good clear. Good genes, yeah. Well, not just genes. <laughs> it's attitude because they, 
they found all the studies they're now doing on these people that many of those who live to be a hundred are more optimistic than most people they handle stress better they are extroverted they are conscientious and they are agreeable so they're nice people <laughs> what? they're nice well, no, I mean there's another way to say that they're engaged in life yes all of those qualities cause them to be to remain engaged in life those things make them interested, give them a purpose. I mean, if you're just sitting around with nothing to do and no one to love you and no one to love, yeah. you're going to die. You're going to wither yeah. and die. Um, but if you re remain engaged, even if, you know, even if it's just new friends, and, I, you know, and we'll just use our mother <laughs> as an example. This, this woman's friends, most of them have our, you know, that her original friends, have gone, but she is the queen of recycling. Her, their kids are her friends now. Or she's got one young woman that our our brother questioned as to her intent because she's a mere fifty years old. And and this person explained, your mother is my best friend, and uh, you know, I adore her. Why wouldn't I? Why shouldn't I? And to which our brother had to admit there was no good answer. She simply had good taste. Well, what would her intent be? I mean, what? She was going to... Well, she thought, you know, he couldn't understand why someone would, you know, her, this young, um, successful woman would be hanging hanging around mom. I don't know what nefarious intent he was imputing to her, but <laughs> it, they, the only thing she wanted was friendship. She just laughed at him. You know, this is Andrea, you know. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> okay. So I, I just want you to, before, we only got two minutes, but there's this quote here from a... Uh, bioethicist and, uh, and vice provost at the University of Pennsylvania. He's 61 years old. And he says this about living a long time. He says, I will be satisfied to reach 75. And he said, he's 61. And he says, after my 75th birthday, I will not get flu shots. I will not take any antibiotics. I will not get screened for cancer or undergo stress tests. And if I live longer, that's fine. He just says, I am going to refuse any extra medical steps to prolong life. I want to talk to this guy when he hits 75. Yeah, me too. That is such bullshit. Because when, guess what? Kiddo, when you hit 75, you're probably going to feel like you do right now at 61, and you're going to put it out there another 15 years. And if right. you're a doofus and you don't get on, you know, I would suggest you try and be in better shape at 75 than you are at 61, a thing that I've managed to do since I was 48, I think. I've hit every decade in slightly in better, better shape, shape I, in many ways I have too. previous decade. Yeah, in many That's ways right. I have too. Uh, hills yeah. that I wouldn't climb, uh, you know, in my neighborhood. I'd go around to avoid them. I now look for when I'm walking the dog and head right up them. And enjoy. I mean, you know, and I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll just flat out tell you, I'm proud of myself. I know you are. Um, you, I mean, I'm proud of myself, and I, and and I, and I look good too. Yes, she you does. know, and so so what this guy is saying is is just nonsense unless he's sitting around 
you know, drinking beer and um, and eating a lot of animal fat, and he'll, you know, that's fine. You'll be dead at 75. There you go. All right. I thought you might react that way. <laughs> I did not react. I'm watching people in Oklahoma being rescued from floods and all of this terrible stuff. Honest to God. God is angry at the people of Oklahoma I'm for electing Trump. I'm telling you, I, I was trying Trump. not to say that, but no. I just got to say, the red states, are uh, God taking is angry. It, yeah, the red states are being visited by all manner you people of that are, yeah, the, You people that are seeking to control women, God, you know, she's unhappy with you. <laughs> all right. Suze. Gotta go. Oh wait a minute! Can I? Oh, I'm like, let me go one one short story at Lori Lightfoot's uh, yes, mayoral yes. induction last night in Chicago. The, right. Yesterday, the benediction was given by a rabbi, an African American gentleman, um, who gave um, the most wonderful Jewish. <laughs> you know, I kept going. What's uh, this? Doesn't look right. Just did this wonderful benediction. Is he the, the one that's related which, to, you know, Michelle Obama has a relative that is a, a a rabbi in Chicago. Well, this guy's something, and at the end of it, um, he made clear he used the, the the female adjective. No, 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 it wasn't him. It was it was the guy that it was the guy that gave all the money uh, at Morehouse for the for the. Um, oh, 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 okay. But you're, for the so you're, you're, you are mixing up a bunch of I'm mixing of it up, but anyway, there were, two, they, there were two gentlemen I liked. Anyway, bye. Anyway, one of them called God or her. I liked it. Bye. Bye. Jeez. Sorry we went over, but Susan had to um, mangle a story. Just 1101. Bye. Okay. <laughs> bye, Susan. Bye, guys. See you tomorrow. Vote. Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.